I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios, this is Series 2 of Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. Like a holidaymaker returning to the same caravan park, the same bed and breakfast, the same campsite or luxury hotel, we're back. Did you get my postcard? As ever, this is the podcast where we lay our picture postcards on the table and try to look beyond impossibly blue skies, frilly flamenco dresses and sinister good luck cats to try to make sense of the messages, memories and meanings behind picture postcards and where we can to tell those stories. I'm Tom Jackson. Today I'm delighted to say my guests are traveller and travel writer Lois Price and comedian and broadcaster Robin Ince. Lois and Robin... Welcome. Thank you. Hello. And Lois Price is a proper traveller, an adventurer. She likes to up sticks, roar off on a motorbike to somewhere exotic and then come back and write about it before roaring off again somewhere else. Her travels have taken her the length of the Americas. She's dodged landmines as she biked Africa, top to bottom. She's driven across the USA with a sidecar and a husband and most recently through Iran, and at times perilous journey chronicled in her excellent new book, Revolutionary Ride. Lois comes to us today with a postmark from Datchet, a yeah. watery postmark. Yeah, yeah. Because she spends a lot of her time living on a boat. Indeed. Lois, do you still send postcards? Oh, very much so. I'm a big postcard sender. I think the last one I sent was to my mum, actually, or maybe to a friend, but always as a thank you for having dinner somewhere or my mum helping me out with some gardening or something. So I sent her a, a, a Persian um, Islamic art kind of um, tile picture. So, yeah. And had you picked up a lot of postcards uh, in Iran? I, I collect them everywhere I go. Yeah, so I've got lots of uh, Iranian postcards, which are great, yeah. I suppose you can't buy many things when you're travelling on a bike, so postcards maybe fit the bill? Well, postcards are great for that reason, but I did buy a, a real tile in Iran, which was about a foot square. It weighed a ton, and I had it in my pannier for the whole trip. Good Lord. Did you find yourself leaning <laughs> yes, to one side? <laughs> you're meant to travel like that's always my advice to motorcycle travellers, but I was um, ignoring my own advice. But it's a beautiful thing, and it's now at home. Very nice. Now, Robin Ince, as you're well aware, is an award-winning stand-up comedian, spent much of the last decade bravely attempting to make sense of some of the most difficult ideas in science, frequently in the presence of some of the cleverest scientists in the world, um, as host, along with Professor Brian Cox, of the hugely popular Infinite Monkey Cage on Radio 4. Uh, for many years, Robin was known for his book club nights. We'd read out excerpts from randomly found books, 
um, and he's long been resident in this world, the world of podcasts, presenting Book Shambles with Josie Long and Vitriola Music with Michael Legg. Uh, but Robin's latest project is a book, I'm a Joke and So Are You. An aggressive title, isn't it? I'm a Joke and So Are You. Uh, in which he attempts to see if the rest of humanity suffer the same neuroses, anxieties and existential crises so publicly exhibited by comedians. And Robin comes to us today bearing um, a dragged ink postmark from venues up and down the country where he plies his trade. It is, yeah. I, I have no real... It, it does feel like no fixed abode, which, of course, I think was actually... Wasn't the goodies uh, on the postcards that used to appear in their, their books, such as The Goodies File and The Goodies Book of Criminal Records? I think there they would say it would be uh, Cricklewood, no fixed abode, Cricklewood. Yeah. So, uh, but, it, yeah, that, that bit of every morning waking up and kind of seeing if you can work out by feeling the bed linen where you are <laughs> when you know it's not your... You know, the, it, it, that same way as also... I, I think Edgar Allan Poe might appear on my postmark because I have that kind of common thing of... When you, I don't know if you if you ever went actually when you're travelling a lot and you are using small hotels you walk into a room and you go what noise <laughs> what noise is there here oh. which is barely noticeable now but at one in the morning the beating oh, yes. heart of the near sacrificed hotelier is under the floorboards <laughs> It's it it's working out how the lights work that gets me every time in a hotel. Oh, there's there's some very modern ones. Glasgow Comedy Festival. I did that, and I did that with with Michael Legg, and we we stayed in this hotel which was too modern, which was all it was all button involved, everything, the curtains, mm-hmm. the television, the shower. I know. And uh, after that year, uh, the uh, the promoters of the gig, the Stand uh, Comedy Club in Glasgow, said, "Yeah, we're not going to put anyone uh, under um, over thirty in those hotels." <laughs> so the o- over thirty, every single over thirty, I went. I have no idea how this hotel room works. Yeah. I've I've had to call the reception yeah, and ask yeah. for instruction. Yeah. It's a room. It shouldn't be that hard. How do I turn the room on? The room itself, I can't even turn off. <laughs> so, Robin, when did you last send a postcard? Oh, last one. I think the last one would have been about six weeks ago when I was in Vancouver. And uh, I Working? generally, yeah, I, I generally send, but I mean, I try and do it. I have such a ridiculous, like like the, the week after we've recorded this, I'm I'm doing uh, Penarth, uh, Bristol, Edinburgh, Toronto, Folkestone. Wow. And sometimes on weeks like that, I do try and send a postcard from each place. But it's, the hardest thing in a lot of countries is finding post boxes. You, you yes. find that they're, New Zealand, I couldn't find any. And then I got to the airport and they, they were all there. It was as if they they just say where should we put the post? We'll just put them all in Wellington Airport. That that will be fine. That's with, quite with sensible, really. Yeah, the last point. <laughs> but I love. I mean, I have a son who's who's uh, ten years old. So, for instance, when I'm in. Edinburgh during the Fringe Festival, I try and send a postcard every single day with something. And then I sometimes forget uh, who I'm writing to because my wife, when you signed one of them, Robin Ince, yeah. in the way that I would sign a book, not Dad, no, Robin Ince. There we That's are. That's when the showbiz has gone too far. Yeah. Who should I make it out to? I'm your son. Do you uh, sign your books, Dad, ever? Yeah. yeah, that's like calling the school teacher mum, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we discover the cards that uh, Robin and Lois have brought along today, uh, I'll give you a quick one of mine. Uh, this is, of course, a postcard from the past card, uh, like I do on Twitter, a past postcard, um, an old card from which I've selected just a bit of the message. So the card is of Goodrington Sands, uh, which I believe is in South Devon. It's a nice oh, picture, actually. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Can it. you see yourself there? Absolutely. I love it. The There's colour. a chap at the front who's kind of rather displaying himself a bit oddly, but um, luckily the card is, is cut at yeah, just the right place. Off, yeah. 
It's an odd cut of card. I mean, that's what I find very interesting because that's a slightly smaller than average postcard, isn't it? I, I uh, this is how they this is how they tended to be in the sixties. I think it's a smaller that, one. Yeah, it, that must have been a bigger picture, cause surely, because yeah. you wouldn't yeah. cut the legs off there. No, they've cropped it really oddly. <laughs> I think there must have been a reason for it. I think. Uh, well, probably his modesty. Yes. <laughs> um, and this was actually sent in nineteen seventy, and it was sent to Bristol. Um, now the message that I wanted to look at. Oh, very simple. Yes. Today. We went mackerel fishing at Brixham. Bill caught about six fish, but I didn't bother because I didn't like seeing them wriggle. That's exactly what happened when I was in St Ives and my wife and son went, let's go mackerel fishing, right? I, I'm, I'm vegetarian and uh, my wife predominantly so, right? And I said, are you sure? I'm not really that keen. They went, yeah, let's go, let's go. And then, you know, you throw out, I'm sure you see, you know, those, those multiple hooks with bits of glitter on and then the wriggling thing comes up and you pull the hook out of its, you know, guts and its neck. And they immediately went, oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. I said, I, as someone who doesn't eat, I had explained this was going to happen. I'm with you, I'm vegetarian and I could it works, no. but I then did kill loads of them. One because I think I've built up, you know, by not killing things by being a vegetarian, <laughs> I'm allowed every now and again to splash out and really kill loads of stuff. Right, and, in uh, the sadism reserve. Yeah, and I'm able to go up a species each time. So watch out, humans. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it's quite a big step between mackerels and humans, though. Oh yeah, no, I'll be saving up that. <laughs> Thank you for reminding him. That, We're in quite a small room years, here. Ten years of veganism before I'm allowed to do that. But you know, I, I, I love that. The, and they, of course, they are. You know, I, I didn't like it either but I thought this guy's and they went do you want to take some to eat and they were like no I went we've killed them all <laughs> you might as well yeah so the wriggling did for them and it, it, and it did for you or it did for your family Very good. I found I had a new bloodlust <laughs> yeah yeah the wrigg- it's the wriggling that appealed to you so um, remind you at home images of all the cards um, including the, the chap who's been sporting himself on the beach um, are on the website, which is uh, podcastfromthepast.co.uk, so you can uh, investigate for yourself and see that we're not making it up. Um, now, Lois and Robin have come to the studio today with rather more postcards than I expected, which is which is terrific. Um, Lois, start me off. What's wh- what have you got? What's this? What's this large I've got a box big in front of you? Box, uh, which is actually full. Good God. Of Homemade postcards oh. of all sorts of strange things. We've got, we've got the Who. We've got some paint brushes on there one. There is love. Oh, this, this work. is a good one. An, an old Mastercard manual machine. Yeah, as you would put Hang on a on. postcard. Now, Do you want to describe that one, gentlemen? Or the, the Who <laughs> one's interesting because that that looks to me. Almost like uh, Brian, uh, Jones. Brian Jones. Yeah, I think it is on yeah. the left. Yeah, so so, so, it, so it, it looks like Townsend and. Uh, oh, yeah, from, from is, the Rock and Roll Circus, maybe. Oh, oh, no, it looks earlier than that. Oh, my goodness. Fifth and flats in seconds. Yeah, oh. I should explain. Yeah, that's um, a, a well-developed lady with um, a puncture of a pear kit, shall we say. Um, these are all from my husband uh, during our courting days. He's a math teacher. Well, he was a math teacher, so I don't know what, I don't know what all these things mean. But So there's a very uh, varied... What an amazing Mixture. thing to do. So he was making cards for you. Make cards, and he'd send them to me at my work and where I used to live, and he would write poems on some of them. And at no oh, stage did you find this sense, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. How to steal the world. Oh, with Dan O'Hurley. Oh, I won't read them because they're... they're <laughs> oh, yeah, Motorcycle. not be um, safe for podcast. Is that such a thing? Is, is Motorcycle... Well, they went through the post. <laughs> the postman saw them. 
Motorcycle's up there with uh, Russ Mayer. Yes, That's exactly. a Russ Mayer movie. And Psychomania, which is one of my favourites, which I would have brought up. I have a postcard of that. Psychomania's uh, the Hells Angels movie where um, uh, Nicky Henson uh, realises that if, they, if they all kill themselves, they can come back as everlasting uh, zombies, but are eventually turned into a stone circle, I think, by his mum, oh, Beryl Reed, and it. the butler, George Sanders, who George Sanders then went on to kill himself writing a note saying that he thinks he'd done pretty much everything now. And I can't help but believe Psychomania is included in that. <laughs> these are brilliant. We've got an advert for oxtail soup. And some of these have, um, a, have an elliptical allusion to your motorcycling, doesn't they? Yes, there's, there's definitely some motorcycle uh, ones and some travelly ones, and there's a, a round, well, a, a, a globe. So, um, yeah, so these uh, are the, you know... So from this, uh, when, when he stopped stalking you with postcards... <laughs> Which, and presumably it's much easier to get out some kind of uh, restraint order nowadays. But so, what, what from from this collection? What have, what have you chosen well, to, to share? I did specifically. Well, yes, exactly. So I brought these as more of a backstory because um, homemade postcards were such a big part of our our life. And then when I rode from London to Cape Town, I got to Cape Town after four months travelling across the Sahara and Angola and the Congo, and it was a very dramatic, exciting journey. So I was motorcycling solo on a little 250 dirt bike. And I got to the Cape of Good Hope, and I got some um, South African rugby players to take a photo of me. They were they were there at the same time. Chose well. So, <laughs> yes, they were, they were not the most enlightened of gentlemen. Um, but they snapped this picture of me, uh, and it's a photo of me sitting on my bike, a bit grubby, and it's got the Cape of Good Hope sign in the background, and you can see the sea, and it's the point where the Indian Ocean meets the Atlantic Ocean, so it's a very... So you really have... I really got to the very achieved your bottom. Goal. Yeah. Wow. But then I went into Cape Town for a few days, and rather than, you know, go to Table Mountain or the Nelson Hotel and have cocktails, I, I went around um, stationery shops buying Pritt stick and very cardboard. That is and, exactly what I'd have done. <laughs> and Made, um, and made a card to send home to my husband. So I stuck. I went to a 24-hour photo place, got this photo printed out, stuck it on the postcard on the cardboard, and um, and sent it home. So this is kind of the reciprocal card. Yeah, to, to all of that. that exactly. That Robin is, is hiding behind now. It's, it's huge oh, pile. So great. Because <laughs> you've also got. You were saying you live on a boat, and Jenny Laird in Painted Boats, the uh, uh, the the Ealing uh, poster, Ealing Films, very you know traditional ah. kind of. And that, which I think has just been re-released, oh. is, is a fascinating. Thing. These are all all pressing cultural buttons for you, oh, aren't they? Nothing. Yes. Well, I think yeah. You and uh, Austin, my husband, probably have a lot to talk about in films and books just and music. And yeah, this is a, a good one, isn't it? Some kind of weird guy with a mullet giving someone a massage. I mean, I don't know what where that's from. Where, where did he get all the images from? Oh, he, he, he magazine. Yeah, hoarder of old magazines and. Uh, Every, you know, he, he wasn't it, living on a boat. It, <laughs> this is a whole other podcast. Yeah, we, he had to have a bit of a clear out when we moved on to our boat. We got a bigger, biggest boat. Because you find. had to get a bigger boat, <laughs> but then as he, they say. Exactly. So, yeah, I could legitimately quote from Jaws when we moved in together. Um, and he obviously has lots of sheds now and, yeah. And have you made a habit of, of sending homemade cards or is that the only one that no, you did? No, I, I would also send him cards, but mine were... It, they were more elaborate and they were cards, as in folding cards oh, okay. rather than postcards. And I would sort of have moving parts on them and, and things like that. So it was. So this is the roman involved. romance of the post, though, isn't it? It really is. It really post. is, yeah. And and actually, I was looking through these the other day and Austin wistfully said, Oh, I wish you still had an address that I could send you things to. Because obviously, when you live together, it's kind of not, oh, I see what you not mean, the quite yes. the same. Because if you look at the 
addresses well, Robin on manages, them. he leaves home all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do it both can lead to a, a very happy relationship when you're, uh, uh, yes, when you're merely a concept as opposed to a physical reality. <laughs> Let's get back to those days when we didn't know each other very well. <laughs> but some of these addresses are 80 Wood Lane, which any... Um, uh, BBC employee oh. will will know. Oh, there you go, BBC Records. I used to work at, um, yeah, BBC Music, the record label of of the BBC. because ah. I I had to leave because <laughs> I worked on Bob the Builder, and that was a kind of. Um, you, you had to leave because they kicked you out. No, because no, uh, my soul was crushed by that experience. Oh, Bob working. was it? Yeah, Bob just did it for me, and that was really the catalyst for my first long distance motorcycle trip, which was from Alaska to Argentina. You really didn't like Bob the Builder. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember. Easy Rider, Peter Fonda's working on Bagpuss, isn't he? And that's the reason that he... Yeah, I'd forgotten the... Uh, you see? Actually, he wouldn't leave if it was Bagpuss, no, would you? No, no. Yeah. No, well, but, Mary Mungo and Midge. Yeah, when you've got a, you know, got a gold disc on the wall and it's Bob the Builder. It, it wasn't all like that. I was working on um, radiophonic workshop stuff, which was great, Peel Sessions and all that. So that was... It was anything that the BBC wanted to put out on a CD at that time. It was, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So there was a lot of fun, but the Bob Builder thought, I thought, no. And I just passed my motorcycle test and the two things came together. And but when, 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 when it's time to go, it's time to yeah, go on any exactly. job. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was a good job. It was fine. But... You feel like you've... It's, it's when you see it coming around again. You think, oh, I did that last year. Yes, exactly. Um, perhaps I don't need to do it again. It and won't you get, never won't get, get better. that on the road. That is the joy. You wake up every morning, you don't know where you're going to sleep that night. And so that's... you're always hungry for a, a new experience, a yeah, new yeah. vista. Right? Yeah, I don't think I would do any real long-distance solo bike stuff now, but I'm always thinking about the next, next adventure. I'm thinking sailing next. Really? Yeah. So you're changing your mode of transport? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Have a go at something else. I'll always ride. I mean, I've got bikes and, you know, it's a great way to see the world and it's a great way to meet people. But also, you didn't expect to go to Iran until you met someone in the street. Exactly, yeah. So, I think so you're, you're kind to... of open to those things, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like it to be impulsive if I can. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing uh, that card with us, especially with, and, and this kind of hoard of... <laughs> I know. But they're These valuable. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to lose them. Because I used to do a show called uh, Book Club and it was me reading out from weird books that I'd found and then having various different kind of strange variety acts doing things. And these two are, because the Fari Furnace, uh, which your partner originally sent you the, the the cover of that as a postcard, and then he sent this one, which is uh, uh, the Fari Furnace. This must be the, the, the intro page to lure you in. <laughs> Paromania, handsome, talented, intelligent, witty. John Tarrant should have been a success. But behind the enviable facade, there lurked a fierce and dangerous compulsion which could erupt at any minute. A monstrous need which had already caused him to cripple his brother for life, destroyed his own career as a Hollywood star, impaled him on the hooks of a relentless blackmailer and now threatened to drive away the only person who could ever save him, the woman he loved. Now read on and I will. Absolutely. And to be honest, having read both your books this weekend, I think that's what your prose is lacking. (laughs) That that real pulp punch. You're right. Do you know what? That's very much what the editor almost... Because when you were saying about the Jaws thing, that's exactly the first draft of my book was about 120. 20,000 words too long and it was a kind of editor going we're going to need a bigger editor <laughs> the, um, but this one fast, new readers Pierre a Breton onion seller is staying with the parents of Bob the sixer of Red Six Bartholomew joins the Red Six some teddy boys tear Bart's coat after one pack meeting so Bob accompanies Bart home they meet the teddy boys in a scuffle t- I don't know what this is about I don't know if it's a parody or not but it's wonderful I think it's real and it's illustrated with a, a, um, a bunch of garlic the, the, the onions of the, the onion onions seller garlic. yeah yeah, the Breton onions. I, I confess I haven't read this in detail and memorised well, it. What but... worries me is the, the onions are the thing that may well get in the way of the only thing that could save him, <laughs> the woman he loves, who hates onions.
<laughs> Actually, my husband's a huge onion eater. Ah. Right, OK. Well, funnily enough, it's not just Lois who's brought um, a, a kind of bumper pack of cards. Robin's also brought in one of his trademark plastic bags. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the name of this game is, what's in your plastic bag, Robin? Well, this is... My wife did once say, you do know you're one of those men who's going to be found dead, surrounded by carrier bags full of stuff. And I think she <laughs> was correct. Threat? It really did feel like a threat. Um, what I did was, I, I thought, uh, I haven't got some of my favourite postcards from when I was a kid. I have got them, but I can't find them. They are they are. They're for Series 3. So um, I've got about... Two and a half thousand, I think, postcards Good from God. the last ten years, which have notes of shows that I'm trying to write. So every different show that I write is sometimes it's just a heap of postcards that I've got from art gallery. Sometimes, like here, I've got one of the postcards from Penguin Boxes, uh, which is and, so popular. Uh, yeah, and they they did so well. And and I've so I've just got uh, I don't know which show this was that I I uh, I was working on. Uh, right, so at the top I put a little note of what section of the show this might be. So this okay. might be in the frippery section. This is Idea 47. <laughs> David Hume toyed with idea comets were sperm or eggs making planets, the universe having sex with itself. So there we go. That was going to possibly turn into a routine. It's definitely one of your shows. Uh, definitely one of my show. Uh, Cadbury's Natural Selection. Oh, this actually did Cadbury's Natural become... Selection. That became... I remember that became a joke because it was about... Uh, I saw Anne Coulter, uh, the journalist, was, was doing a thing... Uh, a documentary called... Uh, no, which subtitle was No Darwin, No Hitler. And at one point they said, uh, you know, Darwin and Hitler were very similar uh, because Darwin used the word selection and so did Hitler. And then right. that became a joke about, but so did Cadbury's and a whole thing about this kind of, uh, you know, fascistic selection of nougat. That's so that, nice that one, that one did turn into yeah. the death drive, this just says. We are anticipatory animal. On the plus side, it means we prepare things on the day. You know, so wait, and then somewhere Waitrose essential trifle. So somewhere along the line, that was going to turn into something about anticipatory nature of uh, various different notes about evolution the big questions why are we here well matter be antimatter why am i here when you pour uh, i don't know what that was going to be about there's something <laughs> they're, about they're more articulate than i thought they were going to be these because well, actually, are, i'm quite surprised there. because this is because i did i literally grabbed a box i decided i would surprise myself and i don't I'm not nearly as methodical, or haven't been for the last eight years. So I reckon this must be about 12 years ago. This must have been a show I did then. Before the habits uh, got... Because, uh, yeah, and then the it did got just become five words. And, and are I these would, written I, in bed in the middle of the night, or do you sit at your desk with them all laid no, out? No, they're, they're, they're all... They're, they would just... I, I would grab a few from the box, I would stick them in my satchel, and then when I'd come up with an idea... And the reason was... I thought this is a, a much better way of doing a show because if you have a notebook, you have to keep scrimming through notebook. Yes. Whereas this, I could sometimes, if I if I was trying out a new show, I would grab a heap of cards, I would put them in some kind of order, and sometimes the audience, I would say, "You just tell me which pile you want me to take oh, a card from," card. And, nice. and, and, and then, yes. then see what would happen. The random, the shuffling, mix. but I think yeah. presumably it's the reordering that this is perfect for. Yeah, you can, that's you can the main. Sh- you can yeah. change things around so quickly. I'm really surprised at how I'm genuinely shocked by uh, how methodical this is. Uh, Perhaps it was a different, oh, this a different is, person. Uh, uh, Aldous Huxley, I do like this quote, is, is there any knowledge in the world so certain that no reasonable man can doubt it? Which, in the times that we live now, is, is probably as... Uh, do you know what? Whatever this show was going to be, I might write it <laughs> yes, now. Yes, I, I don't know. It, it seems like there's... Uh, <laughs> preview. Stanley Milgram, I was going to do some stuff about him in the show. Uh, reasons... Pe- yeah, this must have been... I reckon this would have been like my third stand-up show where I, would, I was doing even more about science. So about 13, 14 years ago, I started doing science stuff. But yeah, that's the uh, I don't know what 
I'm sorry they make so much sense. <laughs> Hopefully these make less sense because I picked up these other ones which were uh, uh, Waiting for Colour Vision. This is on a postcard of, uh, who's this one? James Joyce. Um, Very good. And they, they, I never worked out how to do this. It was the idea of the fact that colour vision evolved and the idea of being the last animal down the street which still only had black and white vision <laughs> and having the kind of envy. But I never, I never tried that out. There's, this uh, life, there's life in that. What's that one? That's that Virginia Woolf's The Common Reader. Parties, everybody's talking, no one hears a word. I don't know what that was going to turn into. Um, a tape postcard of John Baldessari exhibition. I enjoyed that exhibition. Um, so life is stressful. Yeah, so I just got... I, I don't know what... The, yeah, more Baldessari. They must have all been in that pile. Uh... Oh, that was, yeah, uh, the, I do believe in some sort of energy. It stands to reason. That was just a direct quote from someone who was quite new age, and that became a 15-minute rant. But I'm a lot more from positive From one card, now. that's good. Yeah. And then this one is, what exhibition was this, I wonder? This is uh, a kind of uh, topless woman experimental photo. Uh, Nude's Torso by Lee Miller. Ah, uh, yes. And that one... I never wrote no one. No notes at all. No, what does that say? It must have been, oh, I got distracted <laughs> by the nudity. Oh, dear. Looking at the wrong side. Yeah. Smug atheists versus smug... I don't know what that was about. That was... Uh, um, that's on a William Blake. Yeah, so I just... I, I find it quite fun just... And, and I have, I, yeah, I haven't picked these up. I'm genuinely now quite excited yeah, that I thought I had to really come up with a load of new ideas for a new show, but it turns out I'm just going to go through all this. I might do that, because some, some people, oddly enough, some of my shows are very, very long, and um, sometimes people go, I'd, I'd like to see like a 24-hour version. Uh, and wow. now I've opened this up, and this is your fault. <laughs> I'm tempted to... One day, I will go through the postcards beforehand because I'll have to refresh my memory. Just to, and then, but I'll go through all th- like I'll pick a thousand of them, and then just place them in a position, and we'll, we'll yeah. try and work out so some kind of. You don't file show. these at all. You don't have any no. filing system. They literally that makes go in me a corner. Feel anxious, you see. I, I love order. Now you could. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife loves. You know that my that is is a, a like really yeah. problematic thing. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing uh, this insight into your working practices, Robin. It's um. It's reassuring that postcards have such a practical value for you. Now, let's uh, have one more card of mine quickly. Um, This is a black and white card of St. David's Cathedral. Extraordinarily dramatic picture, actually, considering it's just a picture of a cathedral. Again, that's M.R. James all over you and and looking at the water. Quite sinister. Creepy, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's a good card, that, with a a nice decal edge on it, which is is always nice. Makes you feel feel like you're eating waffles or (laughs) or pancakes. And, and this card is from 1964. Looks old, actually, doesn't it? And it's um, sent to Nailsea near Bristol. If I couldn't make a better picture than this, I'd sell my camera and buy a gramophone. <laughs> oh, that's great. How rude. How rude. A quick question, Tom. Do you yeah. think handwriting has got worse over the years? This looks incredibly well, neat, doesn't it? I know it? mine has. Yes, mine has too. Mm. But yes, but I think, uh, yeah, handwriting definitely goes through phases. I'm sure people have written doctorates on this. But you know how sort of um, thin and vertical it was at the beginning of the 20th century? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the 80s that you start seeing big round letters, slightly childish. Yeah. But you, don't, you, didn't, you never saw that. Um, but this is this a is, This is isn't early it? 60s, mm. kind of good writing. It's a little bit hard to read. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly good writing. If, if it wasn't in English, I think it was a foreign handwriting, but it is English. There you are. But, yes, that's... Um, we'll have to get an expert on handwriting. Yes. 
orthography into, into the into this room. We know it's an arrogant, small-minded human being who believes their photography is perhaps better than it truly is. <laughs> I just think, and I like the idea that because you didn't take a good photograph, you're going to buy a gramophone. That that's yeah, not entirely that? logical. <laughs> I think he's literally saying, do you know what had happened to me? I'd end up listening to pop music. That's how trite I'd become, pop music. 64, well, there's a lot of good music around there. Exactly, yeah, great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. And my guest today are comedian Robin Ince and travel writer Lois Price. Now, in honour of you, Robin... Uh, and your work on the infinite monkey cage. Um, I've got something different, actually. Um, I recently rediscovered what I think is the first postcard I ever bought with my own pocket money. Um, And now, this is not entirely a coincidence, it is a picture of a monkey in a cage. Um, So this was a card I bought, and um, I knew I had it, I only found it recently in a drawer, and I remember buying it, and I remember writing on the back, so it's a little chimpanzee in a zoo. It's in Chroma Zoo. And um, so I wrote on the back, I must have been about eight years old probably, um, Billy the Kid, open brackets, chimpanzee, close brackets, Chroma Zoo, played games but was really fierce. Now, I think I meant fierce, but uh, <laughs> foolish child that I was. Chroma's doesn't have a zoo anymore, does it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Chroma. That's lovely little. Yes, but very a bit priggish, really. Uh, this idea that don't be fooled by the fact that he appears to be playful. I think probably my mother had said, "Don't go too close." I know he looks like he's playing games, but he's really 
face. You could have been the Jane Goodall of your generation. Because, of course, you know, that's what I find fascinating. Again, even this picture of a chimpanzee that, you know, what we knew about ape behaviour then is, you know, this would have been the time, I imagine, that Jane Goodall would have been finding out that so many things we didn't know about. You know, if you were lucky, you might have seen, you know, some chimpanzee cannibalism in Chromazoo. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I was just... I like the name Billy the Kid. I'm sure of that. And I thought, he's playful. This is going to be great. And no, no. It's, uh, I was told he's really fierce. <laughs> Lois, back to our proper cards. What's the second card you've got for us today? Right, my second one is something I picked up in an American junk shop a few years ago. And I would say it's probably 1930s. It's kind of got gothic writing. It's very small. It's on lovely green paper. It's on this beautiful sort of soft khaki green paper. It's two-colour print. Um, in black and a kind of luminous orange, actually, which is quite odd. It looks like a woodcut. It does, yeah, yeah. Wood it's unsophisticated as a yeah. printing technique. And it's an image of a, a sort of stout old lady with her sleeves rolled up on the grindstone. I assume sharpening a knife, uh, and she's working very hard and, and focusing on the job in hand. And uh, the text just says something is going to happen. And this is my equivalent of, you know, the, the horrible leaping dolphin or the yoga pose on top of a mountain or the inspirational quotes that we might have got in office jobs that we may have had once upon a time. This is the, <laughs> my own personal equivalent. So that's in my office in front of me when I'm tapping away at my books or articles or, or whatever it is. And, and it's just just a little reminder that you've just got to keep plodding away. And you, you take that message to be positive. I Something's going to happen. I do. Not, it's not a warning. Oh no! <laughs> no, I never thought of she it. She's like sharpening that at a knife, right? That's or an interesting, axe, a, a different way of looking at it. I never like, saw it like that. Yeah. To me, it says. I think you're fundamentally being positive before you even looked at it. <laughs> so it's, it, it's just a confirming it's just your outlook. Yeah, exactly. And that I think, uh, well, I'm sure Robin will, may remember from his early days. But as a freelancing writing kind of person, a lot of your time is spent alone in a room, uh, hoping that something is going to happen, and you just have to keep grinding away at that, at that stone, you know. Yes, and of course, if you want it to happen, you have to make it happen. Exactly. So, yeah. You are right. This is a very... Because her face is not dissimilar to uh, Cesar Romero's uh, um, Joker. Yeah. And, she's, and something <laughs> kind, of, kind of malevolent about it. Yeah, that is, that's, there's a lot of stories in that. There's a lot of ways that first line could take us into the main... Do you see that as positive or do you think, oh, something's going to happen? You know, is it, is it scary to you? I don't, it's not scary, but it's just it's the fact that because it's sharpening an axe, something is going to happen. I think, <laughs> I, I think there is a double have, meaning, yeah, there, or a double uh, a double sense of how that something is going to be. Maybe it's it's sort of old fashioned, sort of homespun American humour, really sort of. Yeah. You know, kind of folksy American humour. Yeah. Or a tiresome group of men's rights activists. <laughs> you know, but once you give the women an axe, the next thing you know, oh, oh, oh. oh God, what's going to happen? So, something's happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's sitting over your desk? Right in front of me. I've got a pin board in front of my desk on the wall and it's right in, at my eye line. So you're staring yeah. idly ahead of you for some inspiration and that, that's there always to remind you. Absolutely, yes. I, I, I'm very fond of her. I see her as a friend, and you know she's a, she's a good, hard-working woman. I've never seen anything like that before. No, nor me. I think it's very interesting. Very good. So, Robin, 
You've um, you bucked a few uh, systems here. What, what, what's the second card you've got for us? This is something huge. Well, we both, to be fair, we, we've both dragged around a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I have mine. Is and it's all appreciated. It's oh, all appreciated. Right. When I was 12 or just about to be 13, I was an enormous fan of uh, horror films. I hadn't really seen many, but I, I bought Alan Frank's horror movies book when I was eight, and then that became an obsession. The imagery, it was the imagery of the Universal movies and the Hammer movies and Amicus and all of those things. And uh, and I was in London one day with my dad, and I went into a phone box, and I looked through the phone directory, and I found one Karloff. And I thought, chances are that will be... Uh, probably Boris Karloff's widow, Mrs. Boris Karloff. So I wrote to her, which was, uh, I can say this address because she is no longer, she she lived at uh, 29 Sheffield Terrace, London W8. And uh, and I wrote to her and she sent me back a, a little postcard of uh, Karloff in uh, the full Frankenstein makeup oh. to Robin Ince with best wishes from Evelyn Karloff. Uh, and, um, and she sent me a letter with it as well, which was just wishing me good luck at school. Uh, that didn't work out. And explained, <laughs> saying that she was going to go back to... Uh, uh, California at the end of the month and some little uh, she said uh, thank you very much for your nice letter and good wishes I'm so glad to learn you find uh, I think that's uh, you uh, joy you find joy in my husband's films Val Luton he said I must have written about Val Luton yes. I must have been watching Isle of the Dead or Body Snatcher or something like that such an intelligent man uh, and good director and it was sad he died so early uh, it is perceptive of you to see through the makeup mm-hmm. and see how unlike most of the film roles my husband was he was a very kind and gentleman with a great sense of humor and she just sent me this and so this was and as a kind of you know one of the outsider kids so, i mean this is uh yeah the, in the same way that people like mark gatiss and, and the whole of the league all that 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 bunch you know uh these were the things if you if you were a little bit you know askew uh, as a young person. Horror was one of the things yeah. that lured you in, all of these you know, images of, of imagination. And so it was an amazing... And this has been lost for over 20 years. This was... Um, we always wondered where it was. And then my mum died about three years ago. And while my dad was sorting through things, he said, you won't believe what I found. And uh, and then as a surprise, got it framed in this kind of frame, which is, is done <laughs> in the brilliant. style as right, if it was it? a dungeon yeah. door <laughs> keeping the monster inside. Um but, you know, I, and it was it was such an important thing. You know, all of those bits when you do feel that you're on the outside to get this kind of connection to someone you know like Boris Karloff was just a, you know it was a, it was a lovely thing. And I'm so glad that, we, that he, he eventually found it again. It's a fantastic um, thing. Beautiful, isn't but it? But it was uh, yeah, and I, I find it. I was I, I did a show in Edinburgh this year, which I, I might resuscitate, just called the Satanic Rites of Robin Ince, and it was about horror. And it was really the, some of the conversations that I had with people and how important and and also the otherness of it in the same way that Doctor Who have this ability and perhaps still has this ability in fact which is when you would see someone like Ernest Thesiger or Colin Clive in those movies uh, it would show you other forms of humanity that were not merely the alpha male and the kind of you know the, the uh, unfortunately it still was predominantly the perpetual fainting female but into you know but the apart from Una O'Connor who was wonderful always screaming played the uh, um, she was in Invisible Man amongst other things and she screams a lot when she sees the Frankenstein monster in Bride of Frankenstein suddenly come out um, but you know James Whale Colin Clive um, you know these were people who were uh, gay as well and it, you know James Whale was didn't conceal it that much you know concealed it as much as as he had to uh, and I think all of those things you know they're, 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 there's there's certain stories that you can find in them which become more than the story being told in the film I think it's fantastic it, was, it reminds me of 
writing letters to famous people for autographs as a child as well. It's rather a solitary thing to do and a slightly sad thing to do in a way. You're sending out these missives. I would go into the library, the public library, and there'd be a, I guess it was a who's who, and and it had people's agents' addresses, and I'd write to... I don't know, Spike Milligan, Ken Dodd. I want their autograph. Did I want their autograph or did I just want to make a connection? Did you get letters back ever? Nearly always, right. yeah. Yeah, no, people were very, very good. Yeah. I don't know what... I think when I got the letters back, it was, oh, that's nice, and it went in a shoebox. Mm. But um, but I think I think you, little boys get a bit lost and they kind of like, they're always looking for these connections. Um, and especially with things that they think are, in some way, sympathetic souls. Um, some some connection that just helps them find their way in the world. I think it may may be more of a male thing because I don't relate to that particularly. I mean, I only I, I suppose I, I like dead people, so I would have written to Buddy Holly or something like that. Not the teenager, which would, would have been hopeless. I've got a letter back. Robin's <laughs> 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 halfway there my, with uh, my Boris Karloff. My husband is a huge Regatta Western fan. He's got a, a, um, a sick bag with Clint Eastwood's uh, signature and a little message on it, and he still got it to this day. Wow, well, that's I've, a good I've got thing. a Mark of the Devil sick bag, which was the uh, Herbert Lom kind of cheap version of the. Uh, which Finder General? I've got, I've got a, oh. a pristine sick Which Finder General was the music we walked up the aisle to at our wedding, which people oh, found quite odd. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, it's a beautiful piece of music. So why was, was there a, sick, a promotional sick bag? Yeah, Mark of the Devil was, was with Reggie Nelder, amongst others, was going to, going to be you know, the most terrifying film. Of, and, and Udo Kier, who was a wonderful actor, he was in uh, Andy Warhol's uh, Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula. And it's, it's uh, yeah, very... But it's interesting, because a, a male-female thing, the thing that interests me is there are also things like Hermione, from uh, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the importance of that connection. You know, if you've ever gone to the Harry Potter world, the number of, and sometimes, you know, teenagers as well, it's not just, you know, young kids, who she is seen mm. as, and, and in the same way as I think, you know, the the, the new Doctor Who as well, these the the incredible role models and, and this connection that gets made. You know, you see a 14-year-old and they're dressed up as Hermione from, from right. Harry Potter and then, yeah. of course, what she herself as, as an actor is now saying about, you know, talking about the, the, those connections, those So you're saying that it wasn't so much that it's not a female not, thing, yeah. it's, it's that there odd. weren't such interesting oddball role models Maybe. for girls. Because my, my role models were all male and musicians mostly, guitar mm. players, yeah, banjo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by chance. <laughs> interesting you should say that. <laughs> Well, uh, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. The pair of you have put in so much. You've, you've done your homework oh, really yeah. well. You know, you must have been good at school, the amount of homework you've done for me. This is really brilliant. Um, thank you. I mean, thank you so much for sharing your cards with me and the listeners. Um, quick reminder for everyone at home, um, images of the cards that we have talked about will all be on the website, uh, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see the pictures. Um, and that includes this last one from me, which is uh, in the post, past postcard style, uh, which you may be familiar with from... Twitter, or from the book, um, and this card is very snazzy font there for Bournemouth. Oh yes, it's like the front of a Cadillac or something. Yeah. Bournemouth, but but rather off. But, but it's not doesn't look so good set against that sort of dung brown. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been though the equivalent of um, yeah, and then we'll have a gold edge, and then they go, are you sure that's you know you know that kind of <laughs> yeah. it's more dung brown? No, it's a kind of dungy gold. <laughs> yeah, and they signed it off on a Friday afternoon. Um, so this card comes from 1985. Well, yeah, we've definitely moved into the Pure 80s. Sure, 80s that. that is. Yeah. And in fact, the, the card message that I've uh, chosen to look at is um, it, it's kind of the 80s. Uh, in in in, is that you put the 80s inside a snow globe, um, and it says, "Stayed in last evening and watched Murder She Wrote. Dad went downstairs and had drink, but I did not feel like one, so had a cup of tea in my bedroom." Brilliant. 
Do you need Using more? Using the tease made, I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. But Murder, She Wrote, there's something, there's a certain form of television where you can you can understand why it's so enormous because there's something very comfortable at seven in the yeah, evening just yeah. going, oh, well, let's just watch Murder, She Wrote. Oh, look, Tom Bosley's in this one as the sheriff. And But this woman whose name, I can tell you, was Mum. This woman, um, she's gone on holiday to Bournemouth, presumably in a guest house or a hotel. So that's why Dad's gone downstairs, gone downstairs to the bar downstairs. But Mum stayed in the room with a colour television and watch Murder, She Wrote. I mean, I don't know, that's a good holiday. I think, pretty, I think good it holiday. is. When I've been travelling and I find a, a hotel and it's got cable TV and you're in, you know, Costa Rica or some place and, and, and you get a Murder, She Wrote, it is a joy. And then sometimes... Yeah, but that's you're, when you're trying to recover from the, the culture <laughs> clash going on in yeah. your head and the foreign language. She's in Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. Murder, She but Wrote is not a respite from Bournemouth, surely. At least she wouldn't be disappointed to find out I'd been dubbed, which was often the case with me. <laughs> You'll never find out who did it. Murder, she dubbed. <laughs> Lois, you've got one little extra card you've snuck in, which is going to lead us into something else. So it's, what's the story? Uh, the card is um, actually some sheet music called Cheyenne. Uh, and I bought it because my first boat that I ever, ever bought was when I was about 21. I decided to buy a narrow boat and I found a nice little boat and it was called Home Sweet Home. And obviously I couldn't bear to live on a boat <laughs> with such a twee name. And I'm a big uh, bluegrass fan and I played banjo. And one of my favourite instrumentals is by Bill Monroe and it's called Cheyenne. So I named my boat Cheyenne. And then many, many years later, when I was riding from Alaska down to Argentina, I stopped in at the Gene Autry Museum. Ooh. which is my all-time favourite museum. It's absolutely wonderful. In Los the Angeles. Singing Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. And he's got this, well, dedicated this museum to the American West. And uh, and I picked up this postcard there because it's called Cheyenne. And I was like, oh, that's the name of my boat. So, um, so I, that cowboy connection is going to take us yes, to your banjo. But you're, what of. are you going to play? I'm not going to play Cheyenne, actually, because it's more of a fiddle tune, really. You need to get another postcard. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I know. It's all gone wrong. I'm going to play a tune called Lazy John. Oh, very good. As Lois continues to uh, pluck away on her banjo um, delightfully, that's it for this time on Podcast from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Lois Price and Robin Ince. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. postcards with their messages posted every day on twitter do follow me at past postcard and you can buy the book postcard from the past by me tom jackson at amazon and all good booksellers and if you're looking for podcast production check out wardorstudios.co.uk
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.